We are in week 20. If you have came to our church in the last six months, you only know this series, okay? They're like, do they talk about anything else? No, this is it. But this is the last two installments on the names of God. So in the honor of names, the internet did not disappoint this week with some names that are out there. And so I'm going to open up and we're going to go through some names that are here today, okay? This first one we're going to put on the screen is this. It is simply A, B, C, D, E, okay? A, B, C, D, E. This is pronounced obesity. <laughs> obesity, okay? These are real names. I'm not lying, okay? The next one we have doesn't even start with a letter. It starts with a number. It is 8-D-E-N. 8-D-E-N. That's Aiden, okay? This is Aiden, all right? The next one is this. S S S S T. This is four S's and a T. This name is Forest. Forest. All right? This one's one of my favorite because don't ruin it. I, I tried to get Jason to get, guess it. J K M N O. This is Noel because there is no L. J K L. M-N-O, Noel. All right, here we get, we don't even have a number. This is a plus sign, L-Y-N-N. I bet y'all can guess this one. Adlin, yes, this is Adlin. All right, then this next person used Roman numerals. So you have K-V, one, 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 I-I-I, L-Y-N-N. Caitlin, good job. Hey, he knows his Roman numerals. All right, I love this next one. O-T-I-O-N. Ocean, hey. Logan's like, these are the names. I've been looking for these for names for my children. All right, this next one is a personal favorite. L-A. Ladasha, yes, you got it. It's Ladasha, yay. This next one. E-K-A-T-S-I-M, a catsum is what it, what you would think, right? Anybody want to read it backwards? Stell's mistake, backwards. A catsum. All right, moving on from the internet, though. These are actually, my mom works in the school system, and these are a couple that she has told me throughout the years. This first one is Arangelo. Angelo. And don't hate me. Do not hate me on this next one, but this is for real. She knew this kid. This is pronounced, this is spelled S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. This is Shathead. This is real name. You know someone. This is, this is, this, I've heard this multiple times. I'm sorry, but it's pronounced Shathead. Okay. But that is not what I want to talk to you about. And please, this is important, okay? Names are important, all right? Don't name your children mistake, okay? It's terrible, all right? 
The names of God are also very important. And I, I've just been so blessed by just learning and studying these names. And so today we want to talk to you from Jehovah Sidkenu. Sidkenu. It doesn't look like it's pronounced Sidkenu, but it is, all right? This means the Lord is our righteousness. This name was introduced in the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament during the time where the Israelites were in exile. He not only prophesied things that would happen after the exile, but he's also known as one of the messianic prophets in the Bible. And they talk about him, if you, if you read the book of Hebrews, and in that sermon they, they reference and they, uh, what's it called? They quote him or whatever in his messianic prophecies. And so when he is speaking this scripture, he is speaking in a messianic tone. In Jeremiah 2, I think that's supposed to be 23, I wrote 2. It's supposed to be 23. I'm so glad I know my scriptures. <laughs> I typed it wrong, but I know that it's chapter 23. All right, Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6 says this. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. I love how like the voice translation words it. The name he is called will tell the story. The eternal is our righteousness. And now when studying scripture, you always want scripture to interpret scripture. And so I'm going to prove to you that he was talking about Jesus, okay? Many, 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 many years before. If you look in 1 Corinthians 1.30, if it seems like I'm shaking, I'm not nervous. I am very cold from that air conditioning. I don't know if y'all can turn it down, but I feel like it's blowing like right on me. All right, here we go. My, I look like Beyonce because my hair is like flowing back as I talk. All right, 1 Corinthians 1.30 is this. Instead, credit to God your new situation. You are in, it, united with Jesus the anointed. He is God's wisdom for us. What did it say? He will rule with wisdom. He is our righteousness and our holiness and our redemption. Who in here would say that they like want to be considered righteous? Don't be shy. If you really want, some of you are like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I would like to be considered righteous, right? But I love how he says, not that the Lord is righteous, and not that this king is righteous, but that he is our righteousness. He embodies our righteousness. We embody his righteousness. Sorry, that would be wrong. All right. So basically what he's saying here. There's nothing more than you can do to be righteous once you accept Jesus Christ, the anointed. And there's nothing less that you can do to be less, or you, nothing you can do to be less righteous, right? At this moment, you embody the Christ, the anointed, and therefore you are righteous. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to be more, so stop trying. And there's nothing you can do to be less, so calm down. You're good, right? I can prove this in Scripture. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. 
But because one other person obeyed God, many became, were made righteous. So the question is, and many of you have probably heard me say this before if you've been here a long time. How many sins does it take to be considered a sinner? One is what people will say. But I would argue that it is zero. Zero sins make you a sinner because of this scripture. Because one man disobeyed God, we all became sinners. So therefore, with that in mind, and this scripture, how many righteous acts does it take to be made righteous? None. Because then it says, but because one other person, say his name, Jesus, yep, obeyed God, many will be made righteous. It says this in Romans 10, 4, Christ is the uh, culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. For one person who believes, everyone who believes is righteous. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I say all this. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, we've settled it. Okay? It doesn't matter what you do today because you have accepted the anointed one, Jesus Christ, into your life. You are now considered the righteousness of God. And you now stand, no matter if you came today and you were angry and you said a cuss word, it doesn't matter, you still stand before God as what? Righteous. Okay? So now that we got that out of the way, let's, let's, pra- let's use this in our daily lives and our practical walk. Because today I'm hoping that through the name Jehovah Sidkenu, that we walk out of these doors free to walk out what God has for us on a daily basis. There's a couple of slang words today that are used that probably us Christians don't use very much because they don't mean very good things in our culture. One is the word woke, okay? You don't want to be considered, well, you may want to be considered woke, but most people don't want to uh, be considered uh, woke in the terms that is used today, Okay? Another one is, and because this can be a scary one, is I identify as, right? Okay, so these are, these are terms that we're all used to, right? I'm calling these out, not because I want to sound cool, because we all know that's questionable, but because I want you guys to understand, okay? So here are some things that we can do to walk out this righteousness. First of all, the word woke in its original form means to just, it past tense, to be awake, all right? To awaken, to wake up. All right, in its new form, actually they've changed it in the dictionary. It means to uh, be aware of or actively attentive to important facts. I still like that definition, okay? So you're now aware and actively attentive to important facts. So in your daily wife life, <laughs> I'm having problems, okay? <laughs> Y'all love me anyways, right? You guys still love me? Okay. They're like, she talks weird, but we like what she's saying. So, all right. So, in your daily life, in your daily walking out righteousness, I encourage you to get woke in your righteousness. To awake up to righteousness. 
to awaken. Actually, Paul says this, awake to righteousness and do not sin. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. Become aware of the righteousness that you already obtain and attentively or actively be attentive to that important fact. I am awakened to the righteousness that is in me. Now, 16 years ago, Jason introduced me to a sport that I had never heard of in my entire life. Okay? And this was UFC. All right? And so he's from Vegas, and he didn't care about any other sports but UFC because that is the hub for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Okay? And so um, I actually find it quite interesting and quite fun. Last night when we were watching the Vols game, we were like, we love you guys, but <laughs> we're going to watch the fights, all right? We're watch something that's not making us so stressed out, right? And so we turn on the fights, and, oh, man, is it, I mean, it was just exciting. And um, uh, some of the guys that I was picking, because I didn't really know their names, were winning. And so then I felt better about my life because the Vols were losing. And so I was like, I started to feel, I'm like, okay, I'm a winner again. <laughs> all right, I'm on this, you know. Um, and so it, it's just an exciting sport. I wouldn't say that I would watch this on my own, but I enjoy watching it with Jason, all right? But even the greatest fighters get knocked out in like a second. Now, when I met Jason, oh man, he had this fighter that was like like his guy, okay? His name is Chuck the Iceman Liddell, okay? And if you just got into UFC, you have no idea who he is. And if you've never been in UFC, you don't know who he is because he's been out of the game for quite a while. But when I met Jason, when he talked about UFC, he talked about Chuck Liddell. I mean, he loved him, okay? I went out and bought signed UFC gloves from this guy because Jason loved him so much. He still will do his, like, thing when he won, when it was, which was, like, that. I mean, it was, I mean, there was so much hype. But what was crazy about this guy, he was a light heavyweight guy, and he, like, I watched this compilation video of all his knockouts, and it was crazy. He had this overhand right, okay, and it would just knock people out. I mean, he would just come up to him, and he would just go, and they'd be like, and they'd be gone. They'd just be knocked out. And it was insane. One time, I saw him, like, Kick his leg, and this is not like a skinny, I mean, this is a big dude, but like he kicks his leg up really high, hits the guy in the head, boom. I mean, you got a powerful kick if you just knock somebody out with it, right? And so I understand why Jason loved him so much. I wish I could have shown you that video, but some of you may not like fighting. It might be offensive. So you may not like to see people get beat up. That's fine. I respect that. But it was power behind what he had. I even watched this other video where he, just this lay person, it wasn't a fighter, was like making, you know, trying to, you know, make a video and Chuck Liddell was there. And he's like, all right, I'm going to have Chuck Liddell punch me. You know, I'm going to have him kick me. And I watched like three seconds of it and Chuck Liddell kicks him and all you hear is, ah! <laughs> oh my God. Like he kicked him in the leg and he just started crying, okay. That's how bad it is. So Chuck Liddell was awesome until one day this champion gets knocked out by Rampage Jackson. Now, in fighting, okay, if you get knocked out or if you, like, are almost knocked out, the ref stops the fight. 
you're done, which is a good thing because you wouldn't want the person to just keep pounding you while you're unconscious, right? Okay, so you're out. They say it's over. This guy's a winner. You're done for. Lay on the mat. You're over. And so when he got knocked out, fight was over. And this, this was the downfall of this champion. He only had one win after that out of several fights. And then he just kept getting knocked out. And so he allowed himself to get knocked out this one time, and it really brought him down to this, this low point. And see, what happens a lot of times with us Christians is that the enemy knocks us out. And we get messed up. Maybe we sin. Maybe we mess up. And we allow the accuser to call the fight and tell us that we are done to lay on the mat and we take it. But when we wake up, when we get woke to our righteousness, we know that the fight is not over no matter what happens. Yes, today I sinned, but I stand back up and I fight because I'm not a sinner. I am the righteousness of Christ. I love Proverbs. It says this, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. They rise again. Do you know why they rise again? Because they identify themselves as righteous. If I could walk around and identify as anything, it's going to be to be righteous. And that is why you could say the righteous fall down or the accuser could tell you you're no good anymore. Look what you've done. Have you ever, like, tried to do a diet? And Jason, I, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm pretty bad at this, but he's the worst. So when Jason's, like, intermittent fasting, he'll be doing good, good, good. But one day, if one day he goes, he eats, like, say he's, like, he, he eats, like, a piece of chocolate cake. Well, then he's like, well, pff, I've already ate chocolate cake. I might as well eat this, and I might as well eat that, and I might as well eat this and that. And he's just like, you know. And he, like, eats all the things in the world. And then he goes, but tomorrow I'll be better. Right? I've already messed up. Might as well stay down. Right? And that's what we do is we allow the accuser to say, well, you've, already, you've done messed up now. Hey, Aaron. You know what I'm saying? You done messed up. You might as well stay down. But we identify. Guilt and condemnation empowers the cycle of sin in our lives. It empowers it. When we know that God himself does not condemn us at all. The scripture actually says the only person that he condemns is Satan himself. So when guilt and shame and condemnation come on us, it empowers this cycle to just keep messing up. That's why when you're on a diet and you eat a piece of chocolate cake, you already feel bad about yourself. So you're like, I'm already feeling bad about myself. Might as well keep going. So when we're trying to live out this righteousness in our lives and we mess up, then we go, might as well, right? I already feel bad about myself. I already feel terrible, human being. But who is saying that? Who is saying 
oh, you've done messed up. Oh, you're, you're a terrible human being. You tried. You were close, but came short yet again. Who's saying that? Is that God saying that? That is you, and that is the enemy in your life trying to keep you out of the fight. Knowing your identity in righteousness is so important because it empowers you to get back up, to draw near to God, and experience his power. But how many times do we identify as our sin? I love this message right now because it's the basic gospel message. The Lord is our righteousness. And we need to hear it over and over and over. Because we will tell ourselves and we will let other tell, others tell ourselves and we'll let the enemy tell ourselves that we identify with the things that we do. I lied, so I am a liar. I struggle with addiction, so I am a addict. Does that make sense? And then we begin to identify with what we do instead of identifying with what Christ has done. And our identity is not found in what we do or what we don't do. So take yourself out of the equation. It's not about you anyways. It's about what Christ has done for us and inside of us that we should start identifying with. In the kingdom of God, your identity isn't determined by what you do. It's determined on what Jesus did for you. I didn't know if we had that on there, but I wanted to say it again. In the kingdom of God, your identity isn't determined by what you do. It's determined on what Jesus. In fact, the Bible has a term for when you try to be righteous on, on your own. And it's not a good one. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Self-righteousness, yes. Actually, the Bible says that our righteousness, our righteous acts are like filthy rags. You said it. That's so gross. The original translation of filthy rags is of that that a woman will use during her monthly time. I'll leave y'all without imagination, okay? So, he is saying, your righteous acts are as of that, right? Self-righteousness is trying to obtain right standing with God through your own works. Galatians 2.16 says this. We know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. But by faith of Jesus the Messiah, his faithfulness, not ours, has saved us. And we have received God's perfect righteousness. We sang about this earlier, and I just, I got so excited because I never want to forget that on the cross, Jesus took our sin upon him, himself. Not our one sin, all of our sin. 
And I know that it's been said before, I've grown up a Christian my whole entire life. And for the longest time, I would go, thank you, God. I would get saved, and I would say, thank you, God, for forgiving me from all of my sins. Thank you for that. But I better not mess up ever again. Because now I know better, right? All future sins I need to handle on my own. Has anybody felt that way? Or whatever? Okay, God, you, you have forgiven all my past sins and even my current present sins. But all my future sins I better take care of. I better live right. I better do right. I better not mess up. I better be good. But how many of our sins were future sins when Jesus died on the cross? All of them, because we weren't born yet, obviously. But he did it, why? Because he was of no sin, he took all of our sins so that we can live out this life as the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of God. I loved it because it said earlier, we were talking about it, and it was like, I forgot, tore the veil, something, something, something. But all I can say is I was so grateful that I get to stand in the presence of God. And I'm not, I'm not pushed out because of sin stopping me, even though maybe I came angry today. I didn't, but just in case, someone did. Came angry today. I can stand before God in right standing as if I am Jesus Christ himself because of the gift that he has given me. You are accepted into the presence of God as if you were Jesus. I hope that excites someone today. I hope that frees someone today. I hope that was a reminder of someone who already knew it but needed reminding because they've been hard on themselves today. You can stand before God with any sense of, without any sense of guilt, shame, or condemnation. Well, isn't that good news? I'm going to close with this, so Bob, if you want to come on up. As I said earlier, there's absolutely nothing you can do to become more righteous. And there's nothing you can do to become less righteous when you accept Jesus as the anointed one. Some people live unhappy lives because they take this concept and they go, well, it doesn't matter what I do. I've accepted the gift that Christ has for me. So they go, I would just like to live however, right? And that's not a contradiction at all. But they want to live how the world tells them will make them happy, right? I know this girl, and my heart breaks for her because she, she knows this concept. But yet she just doesn't care. All right, well then, okay. Well, then I'm just going to do whatever I feel like makes me happy, even if it goes against the Word of God, right? And she's not happy. And this is why. You say, well, are, Tiffany, are you contradicting yourself? You literally said there's nothing we can do to be more righteous and there's nothing to, we can do to be less righteous. Does that mean are you one of those who are contradict that say, oh, God forgave you all your sins, but you better not mess up? 
No, I'm not saying that. How many of you, when we started the church, were in our basement? Good, good, good. Because I used this illustration in there and I thought, oh, it's great to be repeated. So I'm gonna tell you. I once was a single woman. I was just a, like I wasn't married. I was just a single woman. And because of that, I acted like a single woman. Whenever I wanted to go somewhere, I just went somewhere. I didn't have to answer anymore. I wasn't a kid anymore. I was a woman. So I, when I was a kid, I couldn't just go anywhere, you know. I had to have my mommy. Now I'm an adult. I just go anywhere. I had a job. So whatever I wanted to spend my money on, I just spent it on it. I just did that, you know. If I found a boy attractive and I wanted to flirt with him, I did. If I wanted to kiss him, I did. Because I was a single woman, okay? But then I got married. And I became a married woman. So I started to act like a married woman. You know? There was considerations if I wanted to make a big purchase. Because we've now put our money together. And we're a, we're a team now. And so I would say, you want to buy this car? Let's talk about it together. It'd be crazy if I just went out and was like, hey, look at this brand new car I bought. We might lose the house, but I bought this car. Isn't that great? Jason would probably not feel so great about that. Although he would be the one doing that, not me, but that's beside the point. I'm married now. So my affections go to my husband. I would be in a world of mess if I started to flirt with just any old guy, right? Because I'm not a single woman. That's not who I am anymore. I'm a married woman. So I'm going to act like a married woman. I might destroy my life if I'm a married woman and I try to act like a single woman, right? Woo. And then I became a mom. And so then I started to act like a mom. And so I started to reconsider finances that we had to meet the needs of my children. When they were hungry, I fed them. I would be in a world of mess if in the middle of the night I decided, hey, I don't want Taco Bell, and I just left them home alone. And went to Taco Bell. Y'all would be calling DHR on me, okay? I wouldn't put earplugs in my ears and zone out for hours and hours and hours and hours and not take care of my kids like I was a single woman or even just a married woman before I was a parent. Why? Because that's not who I am anymore. I'm a mom now. It's who I am. And I think some of you are tracking me. I once was a sinner, so I acted like a sinner. And I did things like a sinner. But then Christ came inside of me and he made me righteous. And I'm righteous because that's who I am. And so therefore I walk in righteousness. But when I try to do things in my sin-like nature, I create a war inside of myself because that's not who I am. And so you get a world of mess because that's not who I am anymore. And so could I do that and Christ still wash my sin away? Yes, but now I'm in a world of mess because I am creating this constant war within myself. And it's not the enemy attacking me and it's not God teaching me a lesson. It's me walking out who I am not and me trying to live as a person that I am not anymore. 
And that is why when we stand here and we accept the righteousness of Christ, the reason why we leave our sinful life behind is because that's not who we are. And begin to walk in the righteousness that God has for us. Uh, Judah was reading a scripture to say it was do not conform to this, the, the patterns of the world, but be transformed. And it says then you'll know the good and perfect will of God. The reason why it's the good and perfect will of God because you're walking out righteousness. And now all of a sudden you have goodness in your life. And now you have joy in your life. And now you have hope in your life. And now you have freedom in your life. And you're walking out the righteousness that God has for you. just be free today let's let go of the things that have been holding us back he said God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness will you guys stand to your feet with me Hey, I don't know how you're feeling today. I don't know at what level you've come into this place today. But my hope for you today is one to be encouraging. Stop living in that guilt and shame. Let it go. Let it go. Are you perfect? No, he is though. It's not about you. Stop making it about you. It's not about you anymore. It's about what he has done for you. So don't hold on to that guilt and shame, but also let go, shed that old life and be who God has made you to be. I want to, for a second, I just want to, I want y'all to close your eyes. I want to pray over you. And I want you to take this moment as I'm praying over you, and I want you to be honest with the Lord. Talk to Him. Because you're the righteousness of Christ, you get the privilege of being in His presence and talking to Him whenever you want to. Talk to Him. Be honest, Lord, can you overwhelm me with your righteousness? Help me to drop things. Help me to let go of things. Let me walk in who you have made me to be. God, I thank you so much for every person that is in this room, God. pray that your presence will overwhelm us right now. During worship, I heard the Lord say from the left to the right, City Point Church, it's your turn. Church, it's your turn. Let the presence of God consume you right now in this moment.
just with your eyes closed, just for a moment. I want to read one more scripture. She already read it, but I want to read it again. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. My prayer right now is that we would understand that this is a gift that God gives. This is a gift that comes from Jesus. If you feel you have to work for it, it ceases to be a gift. It is all who receive it, not achieve it. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, over every person who can hear my voice, adult or child, saved or far, Lord, right now, let your presence fall in this room. And what I'm imagining right now, Lord, is that each of us just with your eyes closed, just envision this, that maybe you are feeling dirty. Maybe you are feeling like, man, I've messed up too bad. I want you to imagine just being under a waterfall of God's grace and his presence just flowing on top of you, consuming you, not by your works, but by his works, by his power, by him saying it is finished, y'all. It is finished. Your righteousness is finished. The moment that you receive what he did on the cross and the shame that Satan wants to throw on you was meant for him. The guilt and shame is cast aside. I want to say one more thing, and then I just want the presence of God to move. Some of us have been taught bad theology growing up our whole lives. We've been taught bad theology. That you got to work for it. If you blow it, he's coming after you. He can't come after you because he's already gone before you. He's already gone before you. Holy Spirit, move right now. Lord, I just pray you would renew our minds right now in your presence. That, Lord, we would understand that righteousness is something that is a gift that you give to us. Lord, right now, we receive your righteousness. Come on, just receive it right now. The guilt and the shame is falling off. That you are putting on the righteousness of Christ. That when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see you, he sees Jesus. everybody's eyes closed you're in this room and you're like I have just blown it you don't know what I've done 
I've made too many mistakes. I just want the Lord to rid you from that right now. He's taking it away. He's lifting that mindset. He's lifting the shame, the guilt right now. He's taking it. Thank you, Father, for your presence. It's in you that we are free. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for your glory. Lord, every week we thank you that you come and meet with us. Lord, I thank you for this family that you've given to us. I thank you for your heart for them. I thank you for your glory right now that is transforming and changing our hearts and our minds. Can we give Jesus praise tonight? Come on. Woo! Yes, Lord. Come on. He's a good God. Yes, Lord. He is such a good God. And listen, when you realize and you recognize and acknowledge that you are the righteousness of Christ, you just begin to walk in it. You just begin to walk in it. It becomes this organic thing. It's not a religious treadmill where you're running as fast as you can and going nowhere. It just becomes who you are. Isn't that awesome? Come on, he's so good. Let me bless you and then we'll go. Lord, bless us and keep us. Make your face shine upon us. Lord, be gracious to us. Father, give us favor and give us peace. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Hey, listen, next week, same time, same place, bring two and a half people with you. We'll see you there.